Welcome back for the third installation of Oh My God, I'm Learning About Human Design with Challenge Ed. <laughs> Dude, I'm on one. Okay, guys, just to give you some perspective. Yeah, it's been a week since you've last listened to us, but we are just going, knocking through this, really relying on our willpower and our channel of concentration that we mutually create together to knock this out for you guys. So it's going to be awesome. Anyway, we, we're on decision making now, and I feel like this is so integral in entrepreneurship, in life, in just understanding you, whether it be for personal reasons or for professional reasons, also when it comes to like sales and marketing. So thoughts, Jen, I'm just leaving it open-ended. Oh my gosh. Wow. Where to start with that? So we've talked about self-trust and so learning that self-trust piece also means trusting your inner authority. And your inner authority is how you make decisions for you. And that means it's selfish. Mm. <laughs> and that's hard for a lot of people to be okay with. Um, especially those of us who have been taught to care for others more than ourselves. And it, of course, depends on who you are. It, it depends on other parts of your design, how you feel about being selfish with this actual decision-making process. Because Dude. what happens is Wait. you're going to have a decision. Quick yeah. note on the selfish piece of it. <clears throat> Unpacking real quick. Mm -hmm. Just a quick uh, 3313. If you know, <laughs> you know. My grandmother on my mom's side used to refer to me as selfish when I was like two or three, I don't know in regards to what, but mm. I remember her just being like, Chelly, don't be selfish, you know? Mm. And literally the first time I ever went to therapy was because I thought I was making a selfish, selfish decision. Mm. Mm. Talk an about unpacking some shit. I'm also an ego authority, but I went to therapy before I knew what my human design was. Yeah, And it was like a major life decision that I like went to therapy for because I was making a self selfish decision mm. that I had to like unpack that shit and then a couple mm. years later understood my design okay quick yeah. that was a quick yeah. vulnerability oh tangent yeah. side and note like, go for it ego authority you're supposed to follow your heart you're supposed to do what you want and yeah. of course so of course as a child you naturally were doing that and as a manifester like a child manifester with ego authority doing what you want, people are going to try and control that and be like, that's not okay. Because you try to control what you don't understand. And it's like, children shouldn't be allowed to just do what they want in that way. Yeah. No. Wow. Yeah. And then, yeah, it's the decision making gets hard because we often know in our body depending on whatever our authority is, what the decision is to make. Whether that is a decision that comes through a process, through waiting out a wave, through having those soundboarding sessions with people, or just knowing in the moment. We know that inherently. And then the next thing that happens is within milliseconds, our mind jumps in with all the reasons why not, or all the reasons why too. If the decision is a no, it's like, oh, but, oh, what did you think of this? Oh, did, you know, how is that going to make them feel? How are you going to look? All of these things, instead of recognizing that that decision is meant to put you in the right place at the right time on the right path. And so by making a different decision, you're just delaying that process. You're just setting yourself up for more resistance instead of more flow. And more flow comes with time. It comes with making decision after decision after decision that keeps you on that path. Um, although sometimes I will say, I believe we make decisions that are going to teach us some lessons we need to know. So just because something doesn't go right, if you listen to your inner authority and something doesn't go right, that doesn't mean it was a bad decision. I believe that means you learned something from that that you're going to be taking forward now. 
I have hope motivation, possibility view. I'm a one in three. <laughs> this is how I, you know, see the world. Um, and so taking it through that that's how I'm sharing this information. Um, but I do, I do believe when I look back on the decisions I made that I would have thought, oh, that was a terrible decision. They were some of the biggest lessons I needed to learn in order to grow and transform. And that's not something that's going to happen in the moment. That's something that is reflective Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. from the future about the past, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not something that like you're going to know in the moment, oh, yo, I'm going to make this really dumb decision that I think is a great decision right now so I can learn from it. (laughs) (laughs) Because you wouldn't do it. Because sometimes your authority is pulling you towards something and it's not to go through the whole process. You might just be learning a piece of it. Um, so we were talking you know, about being together in a coaching program. And I sometimes I'm like, I don't know. I don't know that that decision was truly made with my authority. Like I'm pretty sure sh- I, I can tell you that decision was not made with my authority. So in, in hindsight, it's like that was a quote unquote bad decision. But that decision led me to learn so much more. It led me to meet you. It led me to know so much more about myself and how not like the feelings in my body that are a no that I ignore. I started recognizing more of that, started recognizing more of my not self and how it would speak to me and talk me out of decisions. So that's an example of a decision that wasn't made with my authority that felt like that. But I can think of many decisions that I've made where I was like a yes to something And it was a yes to an experience to have that experience and learn something from it. So I was a yes to going to the High Desert Human Design Conference in Santa Fe. So I did that. I did not entirely enjoy my time there. (laughs) But I was still a yes to it. And I'm still processing so much from it. Um, And I don't know what that's going to be used for in the future. But... I still firmly believe like I was a yes to that and there's something that's coming from that, but it wasn't like that was the you know best experience ever. And I met all these people and I did, you know, it wasn't that. And I think sometimes we expect that whatever decisions we make that are right for us are going to just light us the fuck up all the time. <laughs> it's going to be amazing. Oh, and it's going to bring us money and fame and success. And that's not what decision-making is about. Ooh, ooh, so much there. Okay, I have two instances of where I made decisions going into it thinking it was so in alignment. Mm. First one being, I was sitting here somewhere in my parents' house after I came back from the retreat that you and I went on for Mm. that mastermind that we were in together. And I was like, oh, I could do that better. And I'm going to do it better in Lake Cuomo, Italy in September of this year. And that was me saying that last year about September last year. I don't know why, but all of that just felt like a hell yes. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if I was aware of the heart pull at that point. I know I had never experienced cognizantly a heart pull at Mm -hmm. that point. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. And I, to this day, I don't think I've felt more aligned in that decision-making, even though monetarily it didn't like bring in the ROI that I wanted. It was the people, it was the location, it was the whole experience that was a hell yes. And actually I did my first card pull ever there and it was like a five card pull. I that this is like when the the work your light deck spoke to me and I was like oh, this is it. I got like a yes. It was like a yes yes yes. Um like you're in the right place something else. It like just reaffirmed how in alignment this decision, this experience was for me. And that was so cool. In response to that, like a fool, not initiating, (laughs) I was like, I want to do another in-person event. And that's what started me along this journey of like hosting a summit in social in New York. And that was amazing. So maybe that was a little bit more of a heart pull Mm. than I thought it was going to be. Um, Because I got like 30 people in a room. That was amazing. And again, Mm -hmm. it's none of this is monetary driven. Like I'm super candid with this. Like most of my endeavors have not been great monetarily. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's the way I've felt 
after them. And after the summit and social, I was just fucking pumped. Even though I was around people all day and I was drained and like all I wanted to do was like go to sleepies when I got back. But my aunt and uncle like talked my ear off for hours after I had taken an edible. That was fun. Um, All the things. But after like feeling into that, like it felt so good after the fact. And I found that like, if it still feels good after, that's how I know it was a right decision going in. And if it feels good during. However, in that same discussion, post New York City Summit and Social, I was like, oh my God, people want to share their voices. That's how I came up with the roundtable rendezvous. Mm. And I think I was coming at that from a very logical perspective, not a heart-centered perspective. Mm. I went in further deeper, or rather, I went in deeper into this in the roundtable rendezvous recap in late September of this year. But I'm pretty sure I was just like, I'm going to be in the States. I'm going to travel. Like it was, they were logical decisions, not feeling into it because Mm -hmm. I can tell you that halfway through my heart was no longer into it at all. Yeah. It's hard to willpower yourself through when your heart's really not into it. Like you can only get to a certain point with willpower because it needs a break. It's a heart muscle. And I think when people are experiencing burnout, And they're a generator type, right? Like you technically, you have this boundless energy to be able to do, 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 go, go, go if you're a generator type, right? Mm -hmm. However, if you're a generator type and you have a defined heart Mm -hmm. and your, your gut, your sacral is no longer giving you that energy, go, go, go. I've had clients that I've worked with who have experienced burnout and I think it's because they're relying on their hearts too long Mm -hmm. they're relying on that will for too long knowing that they need to get out of that position but for some reason can't maybe it's monetary maybe it's it's not the right time because I'm finishing up a project right and that's the will like hanging on and just grasping at straws at that point but that's what's going to ultimately lead to burnout and that's not sustainable and I can tell you from an ego centered person that's that is my decision making center that if i'm in something that was not an ego forward decision it is hard and it will burn me out fast i think i was burned out in the beginning of june Mm -hmm. from these events yeah yeah because you made it with your mind and Mm -hmm. not with your authority yeah and that's the that's the key to these decisions so as a generator like you said we have the ability to tap into huge amounts of life force energy. But what we respond to is going to be unique to us. It's going to be something that our body knows we have the energy for. And it's going to be something that actually gives us energy back as we're doing it. So you can go day in and day out and you, you're you draining your sacral battery and then waking up recharged and excited to do it again, whatever that is. And so, so many times we ignore that gut response or for an emotional, we ignore that combination of response and our emotional wave and understanding like where we are with our, with our clarity there. And that can get us into trouble because then you've got something you've committed to. And I've got all three of these. I've got the defined heart, something you've committed to because of something that you convinced yourself you should do. And instead of it being a true response, it's a mental response. You jump into it. And if you've got that defined heart, you're like, I am going to do this come hell or high water. And you can push yourself through to, yeah, real, real sickness. Um, And even if you have a response to something, it's good to keep checking in with that response because as the process changes, your response can also change. Maybe you're getting more information. Like you've done the first three steps of something and it's not like something shifts and you're like, wait, I no longer have a response for this. And that can really throw people too, where they're like, I had a response for this. My decision was yes. Well, okay. Your decision was yes with that limited information that you knew that your body was like, yeah, I can do this. And now we've given you new information. Your body's like, no. And then we feel like guilty. Well, why can't I do that? Or especially 
if you're really good at something and people keep wanting you to do it, but you no longer have the energy to do it, it can be really challenging. If, and someone like if you had an undefined emotional center and you're really good at something and you don't want to let people down, there's all these different ways that you can shoot yourself in the foot. And it's, again, coming back to selfishness, right? It's like that decision is about you and your energy. And the way you use your energy not only impacts you, but impacts other people. So the more boundaries you have around using your energy and using it well, the better that's going to be for you and your relationships. And those relationships that don't respect that, those relationships that liked you better when you were overgiving, when you weren't asking for what you deserved, when you were pretending to be someone that you weren't, those are not your relationships because those relationships were not built on you being authentically you. Ooh, ooh, so much out of that that I was just like, (laughs) there are still times I catch myself doing things for other people because I care about them as a human, even though it inconveniences me. Mm. And then the result of that for ye old manifestor over here is anger. But Mm. I find that my anger, because I was raised by two emotional MGs, mostly comes out as frustration Mm. and me just repeating things over and over again. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, that is really good to note because that just happened recently. That Mm. that the thing that I'm thinking about just happened recently. Mm. Okay, so let's break this down. Me being mispractical over here. Let's break this down (laughs) in, okay, in levels of understanding one's decision-making skills. Mm -hmm. Would you say one's aura Mm -hmm. not supersedes Mm -hmm. the decision-making, but should should one pay attention to their aura, meaning uh, manifesting generator, generator, manifester, projector, reflector, prior to their inner authority? Or is it kind of like a give and take of both simultaneously? Mm -hmm. And then Mm -hmm. let's also dive into what each of the inner authorities are just so people, if they're like looking at their chart, they hear it and they're understanding it. All right. So yes, I would say the first thing is to recognize how you're going to bring things into your life to make decisions about. And that's where the authority comes in, right? Cool. So if you're a manifester, you have a closed and repelling authority or closed and repelling aura. (laughs) So you are going through the world, moving things out of your way that are not for you, right? And that's why you can initiate. You're not waiting for something to come to you, except for that that urge that's coming through you. But you're then able, when that comes through, you're able, when it's correct for you, when you're following your inner authority, you're able to then initiate and put something into the world that hasn't been in the world before, hasn't been in the world in that way. And so that's your process with your aura. The generators and manifesting generators, we're here to wait to respond. We aren't supposed to be initiating. (laughs) And so as much as, especially manifesting generators, we're the most, the most um, conditioned to be manifestors, especially if we have a manifesting channel uh, or manifested channel. And so we're here to wait to respond to what actually shows up in our world and feel into our guts and what that response is whether we are emotional authority or sacral authority, there will be some kind of a response to it. But that true response can only come through meeting something in our day-to-day life, not through an idea popping into our head. If you have something like gate 11, you're going to always have all of these ideas. They're not for you. (laughs) Most of the energy that we have is not for us. It's for others. (laughs) It's coming through us. And so someone who has, you know, Gate 11 or, you know, us with our undefined head centers and we're constantly taking inspiration in from all these places and then feeling like we need to act on it, that can get really dangerous Mm. because that's a tricky space because you're like, I am responding to it, but you've got to feel into do, is that really a response or is that head pressure that's pushing you to do something? A response is going to be that expansive feeling that like it's going to come through so often as like a, a, a um, like a, a noise, right? Like a, uh-huh, or uh-uh, or ooh, or ah, uh, you know, or, ugh, and, you know, that's a response. If your response, if somebody's like, hey, do you want to do this? And you're like, you, you're like, oh, 
And then you're like, well, yeah, I get, you know, that is a perfect example of waiting for something. Someone asked you something, they asked you a yes, no question. And then, and then you like go right to the mind. Oh, my, my initial body response was, ugh. but then immediately it's happened so fast. All the reasons why, okay, I guess I will just this once. Um, okay. So you're attracting with that, your aura where it's that, that open enveloping aura that's attracting to us what we're here to respond to in our lives. Um, then you've got the projector and the projector can get a little bit tricky because they're here to wait for the invitation. They have a pokey aura. Their aura is um, penetrating. It penetrates into the other. It takes in that energy. They're here to guide. Um, And so what I hear with that, though, is so many times projectors are like, wait, I can't do anything until I get invited to do it. That way for the invitation is really for those big decisions. That's for like, who are you going to, where are you going to move? What job are you going to take? Who are you going to be in relationship with? Um, But when it comes to what you're going to do with your life, that's going to be more like, what's exciting you? Even though you have this penetrating art, what do you want to study? What are you being pulled to go deep and understand? What system are you really interested in mastering? And so paying attention to that piece, you don't have to wait to respond to everything. You don't have to be invited to study. You're here to study. You don't have to be invited to share what you're studying with others on social media. You can do that. That's what you can do that. You can't force everybody to want to work with you, but you can do that. Um, And then we've got the reflectors and the reflectors are going to be, they have that sampling aura. Um, They're going to do best when they're in environments where they can sample the environment and sample the people in those environments and then, and not rush, not be rushed into Mm -hmm. making a decision. So allowing themselves to, to flow through these environments. And so this is all very high level. Um, So that's the aura piece. So that's how you're even getting yourself into a space to make a decision. So if somebody, if you're a projector and someone's inviting you to work on a project with them, they're probably doing that because they've seen what you've been doing and they've seen that you know what you're doing and you've mastered this system and they're recognizing that in you. And then that that next step is making the decision about it. But if you're out there just trying to initiate, trying to make things happen, and like you're not taking the time to slow down and study and master your craft, you're like, I think this, I think this will work. I think this is a good idea. I saw somebody else do this and this is how they got rich. And this is how they, all of these things. And then you're going to be better because now you haven't actually honored what your aura is doing and how your energy operates. Mm. I feel like that's a great first step and great high level understanding for people, right? Like, I think you told me initially, right? Like, if you understand your your aura and your inner authority, granted, yes, there are so many deeper levels, but like, you can start a lot of deconditioning with just mm-hmm. these two pieces of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so it's just so true. Okay, so now we have an understanding of the auras to some extent, right? Or Mm -hmm. your type, whatever you guys want to refer to it as. Then there are inner authorities. And this kind of gets a little muddy, maybe a little bit Mm -hmm. confusing because there are different authorities that go with different types. Mm -hmm. And you can only be a certain type if you're a certain, or you can only be a certain authority if you're a certain type. So it may get a little bit confusing, but maybe let's start with the most popular slash prominent, which I'm assuming is generator type, both manifesting generator and generator and emotional. Yes. So the most, the most prevalent authority we have actually is going to be emotional authority. And so you can have emotional projectors and you can have emotional manifestors and emotional generators and manifesting generators. And that's why the emotional authority is so prevalent and you've got all of these different emotional waves. So how someone's emotional authority is going to play out for them is going to be dependent on their own individual chemistry. But the best thing about emotional authority as someone who has it, once you learn to slow down, which is the hardest thing, 
you've got to slow down your decision making. Or if you are, if you're somebody who naturally already was slow with your decision making and people made you feel bad about it, like let, let yourself off the hook because you're not meant to make rapid decisions. You're meant to wait. You know, mm, standard marketing tactics play mm. into emotional authorities so much. Like, maybe less popular now, but like you hop on a discovery call five, six, seven years ago. Mm-hmm. They were like, if you if you act now, you'll save a million dollars on this yeah. price because it's typically $10,000. And now you can get it for just $2, you know, like they'll take yeah. advantage of that emotional decision making and not allow you the time to make that emotional decision making, yeah. making you make that better. split decision on the phone. Yeah. And then you're like, shit now I'm in this place and it's terrible and it's not at all what I wanted so that's how schmutzy marketing tactics can play at emotional authorities Mm -hmm. which is the majority of the population fucked yeah yeah because you're here to take as much time as you need it's an information gathering authority excuse me let me get my water here yeah it's I feel like when you know mm-hmm. all of this, I'm just going to quick note, when you know yeah. all of this, you recognize the marketing tactics. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. And I can't unsee it. You can't. <laughs> you can't. And you can't, um, <clears throat> like where it's like, Jen, you've been talking for so long. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean. Yeah, let's divert real okay. to that marketing piece for one because it is. Yeah. It's once you're aware of your own authority and how people make decisions and how you're you're able to sway your decisions in the moment, like especially if you're with other people, if you're not by yourself, if you haven't given yourself the time to really feel into it. Like once you're aware of that, it's really hard as an entrepreneur with integrity to market yourself and to sell in those old ways Mm -hmm. because you can see how it's not serving people. So it's really, um, you start noticing like why it felt so icky, like, Oh, that's why it felt so icky. And so the way you naturally begin marketing and selling in your own world of your own business it's going to be harder and harder to actually use those tactics and those tactics work. Mm -hmm. And so you have to understand that if you're going to run a business with integrity and understanding how to actually help people and honor their authority, you're probably going to make less money Mm -hmm. because you're not going to be able to throw as wide of a net because you're not going to be able to poke these things that make them make decisions outside of their inner authority. But the the great thing is if you're honoring the fact that other people have these authorities and you're giving them the time and the space that they need, you're going to have more aligned clientele. Mm-hmm. You're going to have better experiences. And so we have to reframe what success looks like. Like we were talking about earlier and, and recognize that the problem is when we're like, if you have a business coach, you're often told like, well, you know, everyone could be your client or you're yeah. told to then niche or, you know, get really granular. But it's like those people in that niche, oh, they're, they should all be your client. Like, because if it works for you, it's going to work great for them and you know the value of it. So let's figure out how to sell it to them. And so it's like, well, they're, they're not buying or they want time or they're hesitant or they still have questions. And it's like, okay, let's talk about how to convince them that they need it. Mm. How do we overcome those objections? No, no, we can, we can serve them by sharing the information about our products, honestly, and then getting more intimate with them and finding out what their concerns are. And then respecting that if we have provided them all the information and we have been honest with them and their decision is a no, then their decision is a no. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah, it's it's heavy. It's hard, but it is acting in integrity. And as a manifester. I can tell you that the discovery call piece of like digging into people's pain points and understanding their monetary issues 
never felt good to me. Mm-hmm. I am not here to convince anybody of anything. I'm going to give you the information. If you want to be part of it, dope. If not, cool, cool. Yeah. And if it's a not right now thing, also cool, cool. I get yeah. it. Yeah. You know? So you we're not here to convince people that they need something that they really know they don't need. And sometimes it's like we can see, like, hey, they really could use this. I really do believe it would help. But if they're a no, and it really is something that can help them, then they'll they'll probably come back later. Yeah. Maybe it, and maybe I'm not the one for them. That's and it. The electromagnetics are real. It's like maybe I'm maybe I'm not the one they can hear this from mm-hmm. in a way that truly will transform their lives. Maybe they I can see they they could could use this, but I'm not the right person. Maybe somebody else is going to actually be able to reach them in a way that's better, and that's why they're known to me. And it's not personal. Mm. I love this. This is a great little tangent, if you will. <laughs> I like, like a little tangent. It's a little tangent. Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, so we marketing and sales on... is necessary for the the um, growth of our species. I mean, totally. It is. It's just we kind of twisted it into something really grotesque. <laughs> so. Manipulative. Yes. It's, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> so okay. we talked so about, talking about emotional, emotional authority. <laughs> authorities as the most popular on the planet. Yes. And so then, that's about riding those waves, gaining information, giving yourself time, um, get, yeah, getting clarity, not making a decision from a place of emotional highs or emotional lows. Um, and that's good for everybody to know. Nobody should be making an emotional decision. If you're not emotional, you definitely should not be making an emotional decision either. Yeah. No one should be making an emotional decision. Now, you will be moved by emotions towards something that's natural for all of us as human beings to be moved emotionally, but don't make a decision in that like heightened space. So yeah, so that's very high level of the emotional waves. Um, there's so much more depth to that and depending on your waves and other parts of your design. Um, so if you are, a generator or a manifesting generator, you're also going to have a defined sacral. And you may have a defined sacral and an emotional wave if you're an emotional authority, or you might just have a defined sacral. And so we talked about that quite a bit about the response. And so that feeling of yes or no, that moving away from, shrinking away from, or feeling expansive and it's going to feel very different for everybody. And what you respond to is going to be very different for you. It's going to depend on your sacral channels, your sacral gates, the situations that you're in. And so recognizing that is really important. And, but the first thing is just at the very base level is to pay attention to when someone says, do you want, pay attention when someone says, what do you want for dinner tonight? How does that feel? As a sacral, it feels like, I don't know. Why are you asking me that? I have no idea. Okay, but let's look at what's nearby. Okay, so you're looking. Oh, this sounds good. No, not that. You know, you're starting to see options. And if you can have two options that you can choose between to start, that's good. And if um, if it's a maybe, it's a no. And you also still, even with a gut response, might be gathering more information. Your gut response is in the moment with what you know. So like we talked about earlier, that gut response can change. You can have a gut response that says, I want Chinese food. And you go to the place and you're like, not this place. If you're out of vision and it doesn't look good to you, you're like, I thought I wanted Chinese food, but I just, I do, but not here. You know, so that, that can change. And there's so much depth to it too, right? It's mm-hmm. not just like yes or no, it's yes or no, possibly. With, mm-hmm. And then add in the next layer to it right yeah Mm. yeah and you don't need to overthink it it's not going to be the end of the world um if you have an unconscious channel that's defining your sacral you might need more time it can change so it's just i think the most important thing to pay attention to are is it a true gut response or when you're cha- when it's changing, have you gone up into your head? Are you trying to convince yourself <clears throat> of, of it one way or another? Or do you really not feel a pull in your gut? 
Because a lot of times you can be like, oh, that was a yes, but it sounds too scary. Or I don't know how it's going to work or, you know, but it's a yes in your gut. So it's like, take that first step. Yeah. You're a generator. You're going to work step by step anyway. So it's a yes to that step. You don't have to see the whole dang staircase. You can take first step there and know that was a yes. And then wait for the next yes. I think a good point just from like the way this is phrased sometimes Mm -hmm. is this, if you're a manifesting generator, this could also be phrased as a pure manifesting generator Mm. and not, and not as a sacral manifesting generator. Yeah. That one is really, that's a response in the moment, like faster they can, then they can even hear their response. That channel of charisma, the 34, 20, yeah. That one, they often don't hear that the uh, the uh-huh or the uh-uh. They're just so in response mode in the moment and so fast. Mm-hmm. You have to need someone to come in, especially like with the gate 57 or the channel of structuring with the 4323 to see like, I see where you're going here and help kind of guide them. Ooh. Because it's like, and then they might not listen. That's yeah. another interesting thing because we talk about deaf gates. And I think the 3420 can often also be a deaf channel because they're so in their they're so in their response. Mm-hmm. Um yeah. And they're just responding in the moment and staying busy. But it's like, okay, let's stay, you know, let's kind of use that busyness in a way that's serving us. Um and yeah, we can't make anybody do anything, but that can be a tricky channel. I have a lot of that in my life. <laughs> Not me. <laughs> it's like I have a kiddo and my mom has that. Um, and again, those undefined centers can be hijacking that that channel and other people can often see it better than they can. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing to be conscious of is let's say you have, and I have this, the emotional solar plexus defined, the sacral defined, and the spleen defined. Mm. You've got three different authority centers that are all going to be speaking to you. And they actually all serve a purpose in specific moments. Your defined spleen is going to be something you need to learn to trust for those, like, in the moment, if, if your intuition says no, listen to it. Yeah. It's hard to hear when you've got this emotional authority and you've got the gut response to so starting to learn what those different feelings are in your body, but also always coming back to if you're an emotional authority, wait, you're not here to act for those, those decisions that are going to take time, money, um, energy, the commitment of those, you're not here to act in the moment. If the rattlesnake is over there, you're here to act in the moment. <laughs> That's okay. You don't have to wait for your emotional wave for that. So yeah, so those are some high-level pieces of that. I feel like that's super helpful, right? Because it's not just like, yeah, okay, cool, I'm emotional authority, but I also have a defined uh, sacral. Like, do I mm-hmm. not listen to that? You know, I feel yeah. like we there's, there's ebbs and flows of energy, and there mm-hmm. will be parts of you that speak more loudly in certain times mm-hmm. than others. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so splenic? Mm, so splenic is going to be in the moment. This is all about your health and well-being. So whatever decisions you make, being part of that. And your spleen can be a bit quieter, although I've heard people say, no, it's really loud and clear once you get, once you start recognizing what the open centers sound like, once you start mm-hmm. recognizing what those bridging gates sound like, once you start recognizing that, you start really hearing your spleen um, and giving yourself space to hear your spleen. Um, and the most important thing I think to talk about with that is just pay attention. Your spleen's not going to say yes. Your spleen's going to say no. Mm-hmm. Your spleen's going to tell you when something's a no. That's dangerous. That's not right. That's not healthy. So if you don't get a no, then you can feel comfortable with moving forward with it. Thank you for describing it that way. My bestie's husband, I just found out, is a 2-4 splenic manifester because I mm-hmm. kind of guessed his birth time mm-hmm. based off of the information that I have. <laughs> and he's working for someone else. But every time he like starts a side hustle, he kills it. Mm-hmm. And he like doesn't have to put a ton into it. But also, like when she's like, hey, babes, like, do we need this for the baby? He'll 99.9% of the time say yes. 
mm-hmm. or like, yeah, sure. If you think we need it until it feels like a no, mm-hmm. that's so cool. Yeah. That's so cool. He's probably way more in tune than he thinks he is too. Yeah. <laughs> that's yeah. So cool. I think that's so fun. I think that's true. Of the, there's, you know, when we say like, like I can't say even as much as I love human design and it has impacted my life in every way. Yeah. I can't say everybody must know human design. That goes back to that marketing piece, right? It's like, I can't say everybody has to know this. I can say it can be a powerful tool of self-awareness and self-confidence and decision-making and um, leading yourself down the right path. But there are a lot of people out there who are already doing that. Yeah. And so it's like, yeah, that's awesome. I like to just observe when people are definitely living out their design and they already have it. Like they've, they've been raised in a way where they're not being conditioned away from their true self. And how incredible is that? So um, I love that. So much. Oh, freaking cool. <laughs> All right. So in terms of most common, we've gone mm. from, is, it, is this the order thus far? I think so. I, th- okay. I, think, I don't have it. Again, yeah, I have nothing in front of me. Um, <laughs> so yeah, so we... Yeah, so emotional, then we've got the um, sacral, and then we've got the splenic, and then we've got probably ego. Because More so than self-projected? I don't know. They could be pretty close. Okay. Yeah, no, ego is pretty low on there. Yeah, so let's do self-projected. Okay, let's do (laughs) (laughs) self-projected. Because there's a lot more throat beats, so that's probably true. Um, yeah, so self-projected authority, they literally need to talk out their decisions. And it doesn't necessarily even need to be with another person. It's just speaking it. At, they, it's like they hear it as they're speaking it. They hear the truth in that. They hear the truth of, is this for me? Is this not for me? Um and it's that feeling of is yeah is this me? It's they've got to define G center. So it's like, is this me? Is this aligned with me? Um, yeah. Every every channel every um, channel will be slightly different again for them, but that's the letting them talk it out and knowing they're going to be talkers, and that's how they come to knowing themselves and their decisions. Yeah, and. This is only for projectors, right? Yeah, because this is going to be, anybody else is going to have a defined, one of those other centers defined. Well, they'll have the, yeah, they'll have the emotional center, like the manifestor emotional center going to the throat or that, yeah. Yeah. So self-project is all projectors. (laughs) Self-projected projector. (laughs) Super cool. I think I know one self-projected projector. She definitely has a podcast, definitely mm-hmm. talks the things through. Yep. It's just very interesting to like know what people's designs are and then see them in action. Mm, yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. All right. What's next? So next I would say is going to be, um, well, they call it different things. So environmental authority or some people say like no authority, mental authority. I feel like there's okay. something else that I'm <laughs> I'm grasping at. Um, okay. Basically, mental projectors. Okay. So, this is a sounding board type authority. So they also will need to talk it out, and it's best for them to talk it out to trusted people who are not trying to sway them, who are just allowing them to listen, and then they are witnessing also kind of how how it's coming across to them but they're witnessing how it's impacting the other as they're speaking if that makes mm-hmm. sense yeah it's like that sounding word like they're hearing it back the energy is coming back to them um and so just if you have a mental projector it's about letting them speak to you without giving them advice without trying to direct them just letting them it's very similar to self-projected like projectors, but it is slightly different. Both of them are process-based authorities. Okay. They have to go through the process of speaking it out. But often um emotional or the um mental projectors need to talk to several different people. So it's like over time coming to that. 
that clarity about their decision. Mm-hmm. That's cool. I, I, I mean, I just do the things. So it's, it's so interesting <laughs> hearing the way different people process and decision make, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And mental projectors that like, you may have, you know, a defined either a defined ajna or a defined head and ajna and so this can be challenging because it's like they are here to process mentally so they are processing that decision mentally but really it's coming through the process of soundboarding to others is how they're going to feel then how that that decision is for them so it's not a mental decision but they are they do have that mental definition and nothing else below the throat so yeah. Head heavy, but also head heavy, sounding board heavy. Yeah. I mean, th- and they could not even have the throat defined. They could just be head and ashna. Oh, wow. I kind of want to see that chart now. <laughs> <laughs> They've got to know about all those voices that are going to be speaking to them from the other centers. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Okay. And now, now are we at ego? I think we're an ego now. Okay. Yeah. The ego manifested and ego projected. Um, And yeah, so that's about like recognizing that you're going to, your heart is going to tell you what you have the willpower for. It does. Yeah. Because that's what you can rely on. Because if you're that, I mean, that means you have only a few centers defined and no motors defined. And so your will is what's going to carry you through on what you commit to. And depending on what your will is connected to, if it's connected to the spleen, is it connected to the throat? Is it connected to the, well, if it's connected to the emotional center, you're an emotional authority because that one's in the hierarchy that's going to be, or it can be connected to your D center through that, the 20, uh, the 51, 25. Yeah. So it's going to be, yeah, those three channels. Um, yeah, so it's going to be something to pay attention to because it's going to tell you what you have the will to complete when you're committing to something. And just a reminder to my fellow ego peeps out there, right? Like we don't have the the generator mm-hmm. sacral to rely on, right? So mm-hmm. it needs to be something that you are super stoked about doing because mm-hmm. that's what's going to get you through it. It's going to be the the excitement, the thrill, the doing it, and hopefully still feeling that way on the other end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like just knowing what you want. And maybe what you want is rest because mm-hmm. the willpower also needs a break. It cannot go, 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 go. Yeah. Or sometimes you're just being heavily affected by the transits and you're like, oh my God, what is this energy? And it's not willpower. <laughs> it's taking me for a ride. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I think this is so helpful though in understanding how many different forces could potentially be at play for people mm-hmm. when they are decision making. And this also stems back into the self-trust piece of it, right? Like mm-hmm. if you can understand what's involved in personal decision-making for you. This is how you can make decisions, whether it be for your business, for your life, for the interactions that you have with people around you, for choosing to go to a concert or choosing to stay home. Mm -hmm. Um, This can sincerely impact your life if you're just making decisions from a place that feels 100% you. And it takes a while to get there. It does. Um, It's not going to happen overnight. But that's part of the journey, right? Is like the understanding of it. And then it becomes a little bit easier over time, just a little bit. Because you start trusting it. (laughs) Exactly. Because you start trusting it. And it really is this like back and forth dichotomy between the two. It's not self-trust without decision-making and decision-making without self-trust. It really is both of them together that makes Mm -hmm. this really cool. You're building those those muscles, which are new for a lot of us. Yeah. Um, Oh, and then we have the reflectors. Oh, Yeah. Sorry, guys. You understand. We didn't forget. They have no defined centers, but they do have defined gates. And so that's why the reflectors have lunar authority, because the moon passes through all of the gates in a consistent fashion. The moon doesn't go in retrograde like some of our other planets. So it goes through the gates in a consistent fashion over the 28 days. And so 
every cycle, it's lighting up their centers through the transits of the moon in a specific pattern. And so that's why we say to follow the moon for, for reflectors. And we encourage them to wait 28 days. And that's especially earlier on to just understand how they're feeling throughout those 28 days. And then over a several month period, understanding how do I feel when the moon is in X and it makes me an ego manifester? Like they will be, you know, uh, an ego manifester for, you know, a day of the, you know, or almost a day every month. Okay, how do I feel? What decisions have I made in the past like that? Like, how has this impacted me? Okay, you know, how do I feel with these people when I have that definition or at this workplace when I have this? Mm-hmm. And so it's just really understanding that they are consistent. They're just consistent over a longer period of time than those of us who have definition. And so that's why it's important for them to learn how they feel during certain parts of that cycle so that they can make decisions with that knowledge. So freaking cool. I only know one reflector and I don't know how into her design she is, but mm-hmm. I know she's doing her own thing as mm-hmm. an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. not working for anyone because that was not ideal. Mm-hmm. But it's really cool to see how we all make decisions in our own unique way. And I say this all the time, but this is why I like human design over like Enneagram or like Myers-Briggs, because those two and so many others put us into boxes and we're just like, oh, well, I'm a nine with the one wing and that's it, you Mm -hmm. know? But I feel like with human design, we really get to understand like how vastly different we are than the person next to us. Like Mm -hmm. I know more than a handful of manifestors and none of them are like me, yeah. which is really friggin' cool. Yeah. And what's fascinating is there is a process, like, because we are so used to being in a box and we are so used to wanting to identify set with something and we do connect on that. <clears throat> so you'll find people will find out like, oh, I'm a this in human design. I'm a that. And so you naturally will take that on as that's part of who I am. And then you'll connect with other people on that. And it's like, as you start learning more, you start learning, oh, that we're still really different, like you said. Um, But there is this desire to somehow put ourselves in this category at first because we're so used to it. And then over time, you start loosening the reins. It starts being more like, oh, I don't have to do this perfectly. There's no real correct or incorrect way to do this. It doesn't have to be so dogmatic. This is literally just an experiment. This is me understanding myself. And so you can kind of loosen that over time. So I've noticed that there's this natural kind of progression to like, oh, it's another system. It's another label. And then you're like, oh, there's actually more to this. Um, but I feel like that's that's fine because that's we couldn't. That's how you kind of ease into understanding design. It would be too much to to take in everything all at once. And um, so it's a beautiful like unraveling process that happens with it. Yeah. And I'm still finding that like, even when I know someone else's human design, I I don't sometimes understand the decisions that they've made. Mm-hmm. And that's, I, I texted you that yesterday and I was mm-hmm. like, I don't understand. Like this doesn't resonate. Mm-hmm. And I have, maybe it's a six line thing, but like mm-hmm. I have a lot of difficulty understanding five lines. I just um, don't get them. Well, that makes sense because it's a projection field. Yeah. It's like the projection field. You're gonna you're gonna project on them that they are either, you know, the savior in that moment or they're, you know, the villain or they're you know, you're gonna yeah. project on them what you see in them. And so there it's kind of this enigma where you can't really see them clearly. It's so weird to me. Like I just <laughs> don't understand five lines at all. And I feel like that's where it's it's not even frustration. It's just like how like how how are they how are they marketing like how and you know what I mean like what brings people in for them Mm. and like I don't understand that yeah and the fifth lines are they're here kind of like the sixth like you're a sixth line and so you're here for like a wider range of people than someone like me I'm a one three and so I'm not like the fifth lines are there to universalize and they're to provide practical solutions and they pop in and they do the thing and then they pop back out and so because of that 
Mm. Because they're there to operate in crises and they're there to provide the solution in crises and be practical and then mm. like step away, they are able to reach vast amount of people who only need them for this short amount of time. And then they, it's like they, they're able to speak to strangers more comfortably because of this. And so you'll notice a lot of, um, a lot of celebrities are fifth lines. Jennifer Aniston. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like those fifth line personalities, especially. So we've got like Taylor Swift Mm. and, um, Britney Spears, like a lot of people who are celebrities, uh, Bo Burnham, like those are all three, five ones, but, uh, that one keeps coming up for me lately. The, the, I have to recognize that too. When I see like my friends that are fifth lines and they have, you know, these growing followings and their businesses seem to be growing and they seem to, you know, always be bringing in new people. Well, that's because that's their energy. Mm. On the other side of that, they get a bunch of people who are like ready to burn them at the stake if they make a mistake. And, you know, and so it's like, we're all able to work with what we have because that's what we've been given. And so when you, when you start noticing that you're like, oh, okay. So I keep trying to be like this person who's meant to operate in a completely different way than me. And that's why I'm frustrated. That's why I'm angry. That's why I'm disappointed. Maybe I need to learn to truly love myself, which is, this is a self-love journey. It's about building that self-trust so you can love yourself for yourself, shed all of those things that aren't you that you've taken on, and then be like, yes, I am made how I am made for a reason, and I don't need to be anybody else. That's such a great reminder, right? Of like, yeah, you may see another MG out there hustling, doing all of the things, but you're kind of beyond the the hustle BS, right? Mm-hmm. Of doing all of that. And I think it takes it takes a second to recognize like, okay, cool. They're on that part of their journey. And maybe that is for them. Mm-hmm. You know, maybe that is their vibe. That is their energy. And I think remembering that when when you're seeing other people on socials, right? To to maybe help mitigate some of the comparison syndrome that we feel. Cause I've noticed that I've gone from feeling comparison to other people who I know are manifestors to just trying to understand, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's not even a comparison feeling anymore, like a less than feeling. It's just like, I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I want to, and sometimes I don't, yeah. but mm-hmm. I think I think some of it is just like recognizing where you're at, recognizing where someone else is at. And mm-hmm. even if you are a similar design type or profile, we didn't even get in really to profiles today. We talked a little mm-hmm. bit about lines, but not so much. Or your inner authority, right? Like you are a vastly different human than that human. And that's just in three different places on your chart. <laughs> There's so much more, like so much deeper that you can go and show how vastly different you are from that person. So I think it's cool to like, look, admire, be like, wow, they're doing that and they're living their best life in that space. That's for them. It's not for me, even though we may have these similarities and that's okay. That actually opens you up to being more open to collaboration because you can see where their strengths are. You can see where your strengths are. And rather than feeling less than you can be like, yo, this could be a really cool opportunity. Yeah. Yeah. It's like we said before, when you come together with other people, you create a different energy that's completely unique. Yeah. Wow. This took many turns and tangents, and I'm not even mad about it. <laughs> that's what <laughs> happens when we both have the the head and the Ajna still open. It's like, let's just see where this goes. <laughs> I think I mentioned in the last episode, but I didn't actually finish the story is Mm. I know someone who has a completely open throat and hosts a podcast. Mm. Um, I was actually on her podcast and it's so cool because having something open means that you're amplifying that in someone else. Mm -hmm. And how I think I mentioned earlier in this episode is that I've felt the need to like say less Mm -hmm. or quell a little bit and not over speak. Cause I've found that sometimes on podcasts, people can just go on for like fucking five minutes soliloquies and you're just like I have no place to break in <laughs> so I try not to be that guest but on her podcast I felt so welcomed to share because her throat is completely open so if anything mm-hmm. she was amplifying my voice and what's really cool is that that's the whole premise of her podcast is mm-hmm. to have other people 
share their stories, to share their journeys, to share their experiences, rather than her being the one to solely impart knowledge. Mm, I love that. She's like a conduit for that. It's so freaking cool. It's so cool. And like, that's actually the platform of her business as well, is to like, get other dietitians out there and like exposed to the outside world so people can find them more easily it's oh beautiful what a beautiful oh my gosh right chills because that's the undefined throat helping others to find how their authentic voice to be seen to be heard to manifest what they are creating into reality that's 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 it. That's Isn't that freaking cool? Mm-hmm. And it's literal voices and literal cultures because mm-hmm. she found that she was seeing clients of different cultures that she didn't know much about. So she's trying to connect them with dietitians who are like specifically in their culture. Mm-hmm. I love that. I have the chills saying that. It's so freaking cool. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And that's the kind of thing that happens where like every once in a while I'll get in a space where I'm like, I don't know, human design, you know, I get my melancholy and my lows. I'm like, does this even matter? Is this even you know, a value. And then I'm like, yeah, like you literally see it play out and you're like, yes, <laughs> there's it's no, really cool. There's no denying it. And like when I look at my children and I understand them on such a deep level and my husband, I can support him on a deeper level because I understand his design. I understand my design. I understand their designs, like the relationship piece of it. All of it is just absolutely incredible. Yeah. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Jen, this three-part series was absolutely amazing. We may have to dive deeper into future episodes as well. Yeah. So you know, I'm just going to throw that out there. <laughs> <laughs> like I didn't even have to. Like that's the fun thing about being emotional authority too. Is like we, I've kind of already ridden my wave about the process of coming on a podcast with you and working. Yeah, and so like it was like yes, yes, we have. <laughs> You heard it here, folks, guys. You heard it here, folks, guys. No, you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> what is happening? I think you didn't get much sleep and you're like, got all this energy buzzing through you. Oh, my God. I don't even think I need a cup, another cup of coffee. No, I definitely I'm don't. <laughs> I think I need to eat something, though. I'm going to have yeah. a banana and maybe yeah. some cereal. So. Feed, that, feed that left brain. Feed definitely. that left brain. <laughs> All right, Jen, where can they find you? So they can find me at my website. It's going to be the most central place. It's uh, alignedinteriorsco.com. And I also hang out on Instagram, probably more than the other social media platforms. If you're interested in the human design side, it's humandesign.designlibrary. And if you want to check out my personal Instagram, which I... (laughs) safeguard so it's private um send me a dm let me know you listen to this episode but it's at aligned underscore interiors underscore co on instagram and yeah i do i do one-on-one sessions and i'm starting to do more classes i'm trialing and airing the classes and see how I feel about that, which is another thing as an emotional authority and a manifesting generator. Oftentimes we have to actually dip our toe in and do it and see, like, did it really feel how we thought it was going to feel? And I'm here to figure that out. So <laughs> love that. Also, if you guys like ever hop into the collab round tables that I host, Jen is my human design go to. So you get a complimentary session with her for every time you join the collab roundtable. And yes, people do join multiple times. If that was the question <laughs> in the back of your mind. Yeah. Yeah. Because as we've talked about, there's just layers and layers. And as I imagine, as they're building their businesses in different directions, it's helpful to, to connect with different people. And, you know, they're going to meet different people in each each grouping. Yeah. And you never know what, what's going to come from that. The last two I've hosted, the one that I'm currently hosting and the one that I hosted this past summer, everyone was an emotional authority. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I cried a lot. <laughs> There's so much, so much depth in the emotional experience. Oh, yeah. we. I, I feel like the bonds that you build when you can kind of connect on those different levels too, like outside of the typical like entrepreneurship 
like structured vibe and structured Mm -hmm. mindset when you can bring the emotion into it when you can get vulnerable Mm -hmm. I feel like that's where big changes happen in business Mm -hmm. too yeah taking off the masks yeah Yeah. just being you Mm -hmm. yeah there's not there's just not very many places you can do it that's the that's the thing yeah yeah and I think explaining that has been challenging as well Mm -hmm. if you guys haven't listened to it um, check out a fly on the wall to the collab roundtable episode back from early September. Mm-hmm. That's the best description I can explain of that space because they're <laughs> all vastly different and people bring different energies into that space. So I never know what it's going to be like. And like, for example, I had the one in July or the one that from the summer, three emotional authorities, the one right now, three emotional authorities. And the conversations have been so different. Mm-hmm. The amount of interaction has been so vastly different, mm. right? So it's mm. it's really interesting to see and be on the connection piece of all of this and kind of witnessing it come together because I'm not forcing people to talk. No, you know, you're but you're you're finding the people and bringing them together, and that this kind of goes back to our for the intangible piece of it is. We, we need somebody to do that. Somebody has to orchestrate this. Somebody has to be the one to initiate. Someone has to be the one to make the connections. They don't come together without that work. They don't come together without someone bringing people together and bringing the education piece and facilitating the discussions. It's not like you have to be the quote unquote leader that's like making things happen. You're, you're providing this space and holding space, and that's huge. Thank you for describing it like that, because I have not been able to wrap words around it. <laughs> that's how I oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thanks, Jen. I appreciate you sitting down with me for the last literally three hours. Yeah, this has been a Just talking, you know. All right, guys, if you haven't listened to the past two episodes, please go back and listen because we've touched on everything from intangible skills. That was a beautiful wraparound, Jen, to self-trust, to decision-making. And I feel like this is just a really fun series to do and like to dive deeper into human design and for you guys not just to hear my voice all the time because most of the time I'm coming at you and it's like 5 a.m. and I have to push this out for a Thursday morning and I'm uncaffeinated or my beer explodes and it's a fun evening, you know? So this is just different. No caffeine, just water and good vibes. (laughs) All right, guys. Ciao. Until next week.